This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's been just three months since the deadly Young Street van van attack, and now we are struggling to come to terms with a mass shooting on the Danforth. The Danforth. It's a middle to upper middle class neighborhood full of young families right in the center of the city. It's also called Greek Town. It's where many Greek immigrants first settled in the city and many of the businesses are still Greek. It is a very vibrant streetscape. It's the kind of place where families would be out for a stroll to get an ice cream or have a coffee at 10.15 on a summer Sunday, which is when this happened. So far, we know that two victims are dead, 12 injured. The perpetrator is also dead, but we don't know if he killed himself or was shot by police. Have a listen to some eyewitness testimony. He looked around 35, long hair, black, uh, black hat. Like uh, and uh, dark uh, shirt with uh, long sleeves rolled up and black pants. He was skinny, but he had uh, this horrible look in his face. You know, like he was uh, under the influence. I would say I heard at least 20 shots, right? In, in in intervals, you know, clipping, spent, reloading, clipping, spent, reloading, clipping, spent. That's what I, I saw at least four people shot here by the fountain. As you said, someone came out of the restaurant here, so I missed that. Another person in Dimitri's, I assume, was shot because there was a lot of action going on there. As I approached uh, Dimitri Cafe at the same time that the shooter approached and he was facing the cafe, he pulled out a gun, a black handgun, and started shooting through the window just as we were passing him and uh, we saw the glass shatter I didn't stop to see whether he had shot anybody but I, I saw that there were people fairly close to the window I assume somebody got hurt Okay, of course, our hearts go out to the victims and their families and a wider community of people who will carry this with them for some time. I have to say, it feels very close to home. I used to live right there. I have heard eyewitness testimony from people that I know. The politicians are trying to assure us that this is still a safe city. Want to hear from you. How are you feeling about this? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with security and terrorism expert Ross McLean. And on the line, we have Peter Tabbins, who is the MPP for the area. Welcome to you both. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Libby. Well, not good to be here on this topic, but good to be here. Okay, Uh, let's start with Peter. Have you talked to any of the families of the victims or people who were there? Um, What's the temperature of the community right now? Well, uh, let me know. I I don't know the names of the people who were injured, so I haven't 
talk to any of the families. It's my intention to be on the Danforth this afternoon, talking to people in their stores, in their restaurants, to get more of a sense. Certainly, you can pick up from Twitter, uh, from people tweeting from the neighborhood, a great upset, a great shock at this having happened. Uh, I know that people are responding, the Business Improvement Association, um, associations are having discussions amongst themselves about where to go from here. The local clergy are talking about uh, setting up um, an event in the next day or two uh, to mark what happened and to commemorate those who were lost. I think people are still trying to figure out all that went on, um, but emotionally just very deep shock at a place that we all know is um, part of our lives, uh, a really wonderful place to be on a summer evening, uh, really shocked and, and taken aback by this incredible turn of events. Oh, that's right. And, uh, you know, it's very possible that the perpetrator actually chose the area because it is such a fabulous and uh, quintessentially Toronto place. Ross, you've been working your sources. What do we know about this so far? Or what do we... Uh, speculate. Well, certainly the things we know is what we know. The people in the hospital, the the shooting, the random nature of it, innocent people at the heart of uh, our Greek town where everybody's been to. And every guy has taken a girl there for a date and everybody's gone there for an anniversary. It's a place you go. Now, what's happened here, though, uh, Libby, is we have got and this city is experienced in different ways. There's the gang gun violence and then there's whatever this turns out to be. Okay, and certainly I know from my sources on the Whisper Trail that uh, terrorism is being investigated as an avenue for this. It is certainly being looked at uh, for doing it. It's not being counted out. And I think what we need to do is we need to start coming up with good, solid um, actions by our government and our legislatures to deal with uh, not guns, with criminals. We got catch and release. We've got the problems here with terrorism is starting to spread. I think if this is terrorism, this is one that got away from the RCMP. They've been pretty they've been batting a thousand so far. But we'll find In out. In terms as this goes of through. having the intelligence to prevent the attack. Yeah, and it's pretty hard when someone just pulls a gun out and starts shooting and the police uh, were on scene and engaged, you know, and it was, were certainly involved in the takedown of this person one way or another. So uh, I think we need to start looking at that real problem. It's a real problem. Yeah, but if if you have uh, these so-called lone wolf attacks, then uh, there's there's not necessarily a means if the, if they're not conspiring with other people. Yeah, and I and I do not believe in lone wolf attacks when it comes to anything with terrorism. And we've had on before a guest you've had on before a former CSIS person who was in charge of radicalization, and he said there's no such thing as a lone wolf. They're always attached to someone who's supplying, facilitating radicalizing either online or in person. Uh, Peter, what's your reaction to that? Well, my reaction is that it's very early to be saying exactly what this is about. Uh, I think in the past, speculation has not served us well. Uh, I think that we need to listen, hear from the police, get their analysis, and then when we understand what we're dealing with, determine what sort of steps need to be taken. Well, I listened to the police. I was at the scene last night when the ETF guy came up and said, everybody get back. We've got a body to get out of here, but we think there might be an explosive on it. I think the police are pretty aware of what's going on. And I don't think, you know, and I hear this said about, oh, let's not speculate, not say, let's, let's not say what it is. We do have to take into account what happened here. And, you know, uh, I'm hearing people talk now about gun control. 
that gun control is the problem. It's criminal control. We're letting these people out, and we're not dealing with some of these people who we have looked at on terrorism. Well, just a minute, letting him out. I mean, it's not clear that he had any kind of criminal record. No, I'm saying the other ones. I could tell you all the other homicides we've had in this city have been committed by people. They're out on bail or or, or probation. Well, I have to say, I look at the way the United States has approached this. They have more people in jail per capita than anywhere in the world. And uh, a hard law and order, lock everyone up all the time approach. That's not an honest answer, lock everyone up all the time. No one's saying that. We're saying when you have convicted a violent criminal. That's the essence of it. uh, You have to protect society from violent criminals. Let's find out what we've got on our hands, and then we'll determine what we have to do from there. This, I think, is, is, I mean, I think there are two very different things when you're talking about a terrorist act or possibly a gang act. Now, uh, Peter, I know that you have to go soon. So what just what will you be doing in the community in the coming hours and days? Well, in the coming hours, going out and talking to people, uh, getting a sense of what they want done, reassuring people. And certainly, I'm going to be on the Danforth this evening, uh, reasserting that that's a place that we can all be, supporting the local community and local businesses. And I'll be listening very closely to the analysis the police bring forward so that when I make comments about it, it'll be based on fact, not on speculation. Okay, well, I just want to say that uh, the police will be updating us uh, in a matter of minutes, and we will be getting to that as well. Peter Tabins, thanks very much for being with us. Thank you very much. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I'll just say, no speculation that an automatic handgun was indiscriminately fired and mowed down innocent people. That's not speculation. We know that. You know, we know that. And, you know... Uh, I'm really a little bit tired of this. Let's have a community barbecue and mark the thing, and I'll be out on the thing by the politicians. I would like to see Libby, them really deal with the facts. Look, I talked to the cops that are out there, and I asked the one guy, I said, oh, we got 200 extra cops on the road tonight, right? You know what most of them said when they looked at me? It's not 200 extra cops. We're all on overtime. And they're not happy about the way that they're able to deal with the crime in this city. And part of that is fighting terrorism. Well, uh, interesting that you should mention that. We are going to be talking to a member of the Police Services Board shortly. But it it sounds to me like the police were there really, really quickly and, and dealt with it as as best it could be dealt with. I, I'm surprised, actually. They're lucky how quick they, they were. Even way back in the day when I was on the job, you used to count on if you put a, a 1033 on the radio, which means officer needs assistance, you'd count on two minutes if you're down in that part of the city that you'd have somebody there. That was a long time ago. Now it might be five minutes. That's a 1033. Um, the cops are on this one pretty quick. So you can't, you know... It's tough. I feel for the cops that were there. And look, we've got officers right now that are also being investigated by the SIU. They went through, they just had the challenge of their lives, you know, pulling their gun out and having to shoot and engage someone else who was doing this. It's, it's, not, all, it's not all easy stuff to do. Okay, uh, we are going to bring in Councillor Frances Nunziata. She's a councillor with Ward 11 and a member of the Toronto Police Services Board. Councillor Nunziata, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Um, this is obviously a terrible thing, and Ross and I were just discussing, but it, it, it sounds like the police were there, you know, really in a matter of minutes. Yes, and I, yes, I, that's what I heard, and I commend the police the police and all the first responders that acted immediately. Uh, what is your take? It, this has been, there's no question, another summer of the gun. Uh, what 
what do you have to do to deal with this? Uh, we don't know what the cause of this is yet. Uh, it Terrorism is being investigated, and that, of course, is, is uh, something very, very different than the kind of gang violence we've been seeing. Right, yes. Well, you know, I mean, the... the the amount of gun violence that we've had in, over the summer, I mean, it's, it, and, and last night, it's really sickening, and I'm really tired of it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it seems to be happening every day, every weekend. And I don't know. Um, I mean, the, I think that the, the issue, the main issue in what I'm hearing uh, from constituents and, and other um, members is that it's the gun, we need to get the guns off the street. Um, uh, there are too many guns, and uh, you could be walking down any main street, and you don't know who has a gun. And I don't know. I mean, we need, obviously we need the federal government to step in. Um, I think it's time, rather than these political games and everyone blaming each other, I think that the, the, the issue is we need to get the guns off the street. And uh, I think we need to do what it takes to get them off the street. Uh, what about this issue? I mean, I'm I'm assuming Ross that if this is in fact terrorism, again, it's a it's a very different beast than than gang violence, right? And uh, if that's the case, then the perpetrator could have you know got a gun from someone else involved in in terrorism. Well, let, let me let me let me say this. And, and and Francis is an old school politician. She talks to people. She knows what's going on. But I'll just add this to what she's saying. The guns to get the guns off the street, get the people who use the guns off the street. They're the same people who bring the guns in to use them on the street. This isn't so much a gun issue as it is a violent crime issue and the violent crime driven by drugs. And, you know, we're going to have a lot of challenges come this October. We're going to have a lot of challenges. So I'd like to see more emphasis on getting these violent recidivist offenders. And I'm not talking about the 14-year-old kid who gets in trouble after school because, you know, he skips class or something. We're talking about hardcore gangbang terror right. you know killers and they're out there that exactly. people don't realize it yeah and they're everywhere uh, just recently a month ago or more when they did, when the police uh, uh, did that gun raid well all, it was all in my ward all the arrests were made with gang members in my ward and my and, understanding is almost 75% of those people were either on probation or parole or had criminal and, records and that's another issue is that they're arrested and they're out in the streets the next day. And well, that's really what's frustrating for me as well. I hear that all the time. And you see them on the street the next day with a gun. I, I you know, I, I, I agree that's frustrating. But again, if this turns, and Ross, you were saying, what, there are about five sources looking I, listen, at this? I, I, I talk to uh, various sources that are all credible, who also have other sources, and they talk to find out what's going on. And... You know, they are certainly considering the aspect here that this they're investigating minimum. OK, mm. that this could have been tied into the threat that came a week or so ago where they thought there was going to be an attack. And we put all the police out on the streets. They're investigating that the potential is that that was an attack that was put off because of the way they reacted. And this was the guy. There's the potential for that. They're certainly looking at uh, because of his behavior. Uh, they're certainly looking at terrorism as being a, a reason for this. Uh, you know, a little later on in, in the show, we are going to talk about that incredible rescue of the White Helmets in Syria. Uh, the Syrian, the Assad government, which is allied with Iran, has condemned it. I mean, you know, who knows? Uh, most of the Islamic State is against Iran, but, but there's a possibility that even that could be connected. Is there not? Canada was behind this rescue. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hearing anything about that. Um, that's not the whispers that I'm hearing. I, I think, you know, the chief is going to give an update. I don't know if he'll give out too much uh, information, although we may have the name of the person out now. My, my understanding is through my connections that there's search warrants being executed in a certain part of the city right now. So they know where they're looking. They're trying to uncover and run this down for us. And we'll get the answer. And as I said, this is either someone who mimicked terrorism or was involved with it somehow. Okay, uh, let's take a call from John in Brampton. Hello, John. Yes, hi. Um, it, the difference, it, it seems, from what I've heard this morning, is that we have a politician and a person who actually wants to do something. Um, if the politicians are left to deal with this on their own, they're going to call it a gun control issue. Uh, and that's a great fairy tale because while you're debating that, time goes by, and eventually the incident is more or less forgotten, and they've never done anything to, I guess, compromise or, or to put themselves in a difficult position, and you just hope for a better day tomorrow. Okay, now, thanks. John, I am going to cut you a little short because we have Christine Ross uh, here with an update from uh, the word from Chief Mark Saunders. Uh, Okay. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? So I just I just got away quickly from the newsroom. I am still recording, but here is the latest. Of the two people who died, one is 18 years old, the other is a 10-year-old girl. The police are not releasing their identities at this time. The other victims range in age from 10 to 59 years old. All members of the immediate family of those victims have been notified. They are all recovering in hospital. Uh, the chief would not discuss the deceased suspect at this time. Uh, basically saying that's up to the SIU. Um, And the other part of this news conference that he held is they are urging anyone who has anything that they've either seen or captured on their phone, video, photos. The police have now launched a portal on their website for people to upload any information they have. So you can just Google TPS Danforth and you'll find that particular site. And did he say anything about the motives they're investigating? He said there is no motive at this time. There is no motive, no at, motive this time. at this time. And we also don't know if the perpetrator killed himself or... Still don't know at this time. Okay, that's the, the SIU to decide. Right. Okay, uh, Christine Ross, thank you so much for that very timely update. I'll let you know if there's anything else within the half hour. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break now. Councillor Nunziata, thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, and um, I just want to express my condolence to the family and, and to all members of the public that uh, were on the Danforth yesterday. Our prayers are with you. Okay. Thank you. And ours as well. Thank you very much, Councillor Nunziata. Thank you. And please okay. support the police in getting the tools they need, Councillor. I know you will. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we are going to come back with more from Ross McLean, uh, and uh, we'll be taking your calls and questions before we go. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about that horrific mass shooting on the Danforth last night. I'm here with security and terrorism expert Ross McLean. And let's bring in Councillor Paula Fletcher. Hello. Hi, Libby. Um, So I'm assuming that you are on the Danforth right now? Yes, I'm on the Danforth right now. So I don't know how the reception is, but I had to come back out here. 
again this, today. We were here till two in the morning, and now we're back out here talking to people. And as things are un, un, unveiling, or uh, we're getting learning more and more, just realize it's even more horrific than we thought. In in what way? Well, now we're hearing from people that witnessed people being shot, and uh, that's just hard to take, if you know what I mean. It uh, was people being shot and killed, so it's just unbelievable. And uh, uh, are there going to be any kind of special uh, services for these people? I'm sure that people are going to be carrying this and suffering from this uh, for quite a while. I understand, yes. You know, earlier today, victim services said they are available for anybody. The word has to get out. You know, victim services is uh, not run by the Toronto Police, but associated with the Toronto Police, and it's very specific for people who have been traumatized. And I think there are... So many people that were on the Danforth that were traumatized last night. So I just encourage anybody to be in touch with them, and they're ready, willing, and able. Sounds like there's a helicopter flying yes, overhead. Yes, it's very busy out here. There's still tremendous police presence. There's people walking. Um, everybody with their story that they were on the Danforth or had left the Danforth or almost went to the Danforth. So um, I just think uh, that. It's something nobody's ever had to deal with here. But, you know, this is a very resilient community. It's a caring, loving community, a very strong community. And there will be a vigil tonight on Cape Avenue at the Calvary Church, which is outside of the area that's shut down. As you know, the Danforth is still completely shut down from Cape all the way to Broadview. Okay, and Ross, uh, have we ever had an incident where there were so many witnesses? I think perhaps even more than during the van attack. Well, we've seen some. I mean, off the top of my head, maybe the Eaton Center or something else. But I want to point out something that the councillor is saying here. You know, and you know this, Libby. You've been in the news game. The the news uh, media and the police, they protect people from the real blood and gore and the violence that takes place in the streets. They don't put those pictures on front pages. They don't. There's so th- something's too graphic to show. What this councillor is talking about is we had hundreds of people who just viewed some horribly graphic violence. And let me tell you, as someone who's seen a little bit of that before in my past, it's something you don't forget. And that's what I'm trying to get across when I'm talking about dealing with these problems. Uh, it is it is a very serious problem, the amount of violence we're seeing in our, in our streets, and particularly on the Danforth. It's going to impact people. Oh, yes. I mean, and it's it really feels like something has changed. And I don't know if it's because whenever anything like this happens elsewhere in the world, we can see it in real time. Or, I mean, it, it just seems like there, it, it just feels, I would say, uh, different than it has been. Let's hear from Louise in Etobicoke. Hi, Louise. Louise, are you there? It's Louise from South Etobicoke. Thank you so much uh, for taking my call. Um, what I'd like to say is that residents deserve the fact uh, an analysis. We we deserve the facts. An analysis of who is committing these serious crimes. Uh, what, if any, history of crimes do they have? Uh, police find police are doing a great job. They find and arrest alleged criminals, who then go before the courts, and then judges grant multiple remands, postponing decisions sometimes for years. And meantime, purported criminals are out on bail and back on the streets. 
So I think I'm asking, where are these criminals from? If they're Canadian citizens and then convicted of uh, committing a crime, if they are not Canadian citizens, deport them because they are just taking up space, breathing air. They have uh, unlimited legal aid, and so they're uh, postponed uh, sometimes for years. So we know, Libby, that it's not the guns that kill people. It's the the, uh, uh, the criminals uh, who do that, and we've got to get well, them off the street. Crim- criminals with guns. Anyway, uh, Louise, thanks very much for that. Let's go to Robert in Etobicoke. Hi, Robert. Hi, how are you? Fine. My kick at the can is that the, the penalties are already enforced. When I was a kid back in the 50s, if you robbed a candy store, if you're a juvenile, you get probation. If you're an adult, you get a year in jail. If you sexually assaulted another person, you got the lash. And if you murdered somebody, you got hung. But today, uh, what did Kashgar get to kill the police officer? He got six years, and he's out in five. But they won't enforce that, like the mayor, the, the uh, police chief, the uh, police council, whatever else, all they do is talk, but they don't do anything to enforce it. And as far as the guns are concerned, most of them come in through the reserve down at Brockville, and they have the reserve on both sides of the border. Well, we they don't bring everything we, in through there, but the government can't enter their property. Well, we don't. We we don't know. That's uh, that's speculation, and uh, I don't like to have speculation like that on because it might not be true. Robert, thanks for your call. Uh, we definitely have a gun problem, but again, Councillor Fletcher. Um, I mean, we don't know what the cause of this is, and if it is the kind of violence that's been engulfing the city from gangs, it's very different from a terrorist act. You know, Libby, it's pretty sure, and I knew that last night when I came down here, and the mayor was here, and the police chief was here, this is not a gang-related shooting. This is the same type of horrific violence as the guy that took the van and drove it and mowed down people on Young Street. This is a young guy who mowed down people on the Danforth. There are obviously very serious mental health issues. They didn't just wake well, we, up that morning we don't, and decide We don't to know do that. that it's mental going, health. Well, let me say, I'm going to assume that, because uh, why else would you be doing that? Well, and, be, well you uh, do it for lots of reasons. People have done it, and they've stated the reason they've done it. And you know what? Really, I think to call it mental health at this point is unfair in so many ways. One of the things we have to oh. do, Libby, is we have to, if you're going to solve a problem, you have to define the problem, and you have to know exactly what's creating the problem. To call it a general problem, like guns and mental health and community. You can't solve a general problem. You have to get specific. So I'd like to see the police be able to put out more on who's committing these crimes. And look, when it comes to this case here, the whisper, the whisper, intelligence whisper stuff that I'm hearing is that this guy was very likely investigated by the RCMP and CSIS before. Very likely. Now, I stand to be corrected if that's wrong, but let's, let me put it this way. We've had other terrorists who've done things here in Canada who they were. They were already investigated CSIS was already on them, they were already radicalized, and they went out and they ran over the military officer in Quebec. Same thing with the guy who shot up in Ottawa. We've got these people, we know them, but we're not protecting the public well, from them. Let's just see if this guy was investigated because he was on their radar for something wrong with him. Uh, we have had people, mass shootings, have gone in the mosque in Quebec, he's gone in the van down Young Street, Yep. This man has done this now, and in the states, when you look at the school shootings, there are very clearly so this is a this is a conflation of all kinds of issues, counselor. Yeah, but, but like sorry, has ISIS, ISIS. Yeah, let her finish. Young men, 
And I would think that is what people should be very concerned about. That is what I'm, that's my thesis. You have yours, I have mine, and I will be pursuing that. I'll also say in 2008, uh, City Council passed a very strong, strong policy and active activity by then Mayor Miller about handguns in the city, and it just fell to a wasteland after 2010 when he was gone. And we need to resurrect that vigilance. Too many guns, no need to have a handgun within the city borders. Okay, See, this is the sort just... of politicization that I'm talking about why we're not going to solve this problem, Libby. She just conflated about five different issues, a school shooting, a mosque shooting. I believe it's mental health. Look, there are people who commit terrorist acts. The ones that have gone on over in London, the ones that ISIS commits, are they all mentally ill people? Right. Are they all mentally ill? Or are they terrorists who want to kill people? They're radicalized people, but... I'm going to assume, you're assuming this person's radicalized. I'm, I'm not assuming, I've said I stand to be and corrected. I'm a, I'm, and I'll stand to be corrected that this is a very disturbed young man. And we will probably find that out within the next while. And I don't know the Whisper campaign. I only know the videos that I have seen of a young man with a long black leather coat and a black satchel walking on the Danforth in the middle of summer. And that... Uh, that should be a red flag right there. That is a red flag for me. It is uh, not somebody going... Anyway, we're going to have this conversation for a long time to come. Well, I hope... You know what? I really hope we don't have this continuing conversation for a long time to come. I hope we start routing out these problems and dealing with them. And, you know, when you're talking to... And I talked to the people on the Danforth last night, and you will will as well, too. They're disgusted that these sort of people can be in our society and cause this sort of havoc and the city well, can't, they, and yeah, the city and the, can I finish now counselor can I finish well, well hold on she's telling me I'm interrupting her they're disgusted by the fact that the city is not and the community is not being protected that's the problem Sorry. yeah and I'm just going to say very likely just as the young man that drove the van grew up in North York we're going to find out this guy quite possibly grew up somewhere in the city. Or, so we or need not. to take risk or not. Yeah, but if or he not. did, if he did, then we must take responsibility for people that grew in our midst and have done these things. Well, these aren't. I, I yeah, think I the do. person doing the shooting needs to take the responsibility, and those who facilitated it need to take the responsibility. Okay, we're going to uh, we're going to hold it right there and, and yeah. get to some calls from our listeners. Paula Fletcher, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, let's and I'm glad go. the council's out on the street. By the way, uh, I, I really am. Okay. Yeah. Well, they, they're I, th- I think doing what they should do. Well, they'll hear from talking, the people. They'll hear from them. Talking to the community. Let's go to, uh, Brenda in Toronto. Hi, Brenda. Hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm very good. I just like to say that there's too many bleeding hearts in this city, and we need to get tough. We need to bring carding back. Our mayor's solution to gun violence in the city was to stop carding. I believe that took a lot of guns off the street. Uh, And secondly, when we do find out who this person is, why do we need to know who he is? Why do we need to know where he lives? Why do we need to know who his mom and dad are, where he went to school? Why are we making a martyr of these people? We don't uh, need to do that. We don't. We we don't know any of those things. And again, you know, uh, thanks for your call, Brenda. Thank Uh, you. You were talking about conflating all these different kinds of violence and and i agree that that's a problem but i think that depending on what they are the solutions are different 
Right. But look at, we don't get the specifics on any of these things. That's the problem. And the police right now, by not, and look, at they have to do their investigation. I want them to do their investigation, get everybody who is associated with this, if there are other people, get them. But you have to start filling in the blanks for people. You just can't have the violence going on and then generalities about community and awful and bull market while people are being... I'm telling you, like yeah. I said, Livy, you've been in the news business. You've been to some of those scenes, I'm sure. It, it's ugly when you see real violence. And these poor people on the Danforth, what some of them had to see, trust me, they're not going to be sleeping for a long time, any of those people. Well, it's, it, it really is terrible. And, and I, do, I, I have to admit that I, I agree with you on a certain thing. And, and that is, you know, when people uh, automatically say, it's somebody who's disturbed or mentally ill, and it's as though to excuse it in some way. I mean, it can be, and if it is, that's an issue. And we definitely have to keep guns out of the hands of people who are mentally ill. You know, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's appalling. But, do, you, do you remember but, we had yeah. Dr. Amate on here, mm-hmm. the psychologist, and he brought up the fact that people sometimes confuse uh, mental illness with just a completely bizarre antisocial personality. It's not mental illness. They're just people who don't like people and like violence. So once again, we conflate all these issues, and that won't help us to solve the problem. And I'm telling you, Libby, I have gone to the homicide scenes. I remember the one outside the C&E where the girl was shot down coming from the Drake thing, and the father and the sisters were all there wailing and crying over, over where her body was and then you know doing a thing for it. This is real for people. And you know, when it... That, you were saying before, why is this one going to... I think this one's going to count because everybody can relate to the Danforth. Everybody's, everybody in Toronto could say, that could have been me. Well, everybody. Exactly. As a matter of fact, one of our producers here, Andre, was saying that a friend of his texted him, you know, come and have an ice cream with us. And he didn't. But anyway, we're going to take uh, one more call quickly, Harry and Lindsay. Hello, Harry. Uh, good day, Libby. Uh, I just would like to see happen in the media that... We don't show a picture of this person, and we don't mention his name, and we give him a suspect number, and that's how we refer to him. Well, I think that we'll probably report his name initially, but I I get what you're saying. Don't glorify the victim to encourage anywhere else. I think that's a a sound suggestion. Harry, thanks for your call. Okay, bye. Okay. Uh, Ross, we're about to take a break. Um, What are your thoughts going into break? I just, I think that the common sense of most people in Canada, Canadians, is they don't want to see this happen anymore. They want to solve the problem. They're tired of the platitudes. They're tired of the throw money at it. The answer is pretty obvious uh, how we're going to deal with this. And until we get to the... I disagree. The answer is obvious. I don't. I don't. Because I know for the people that are doing this... I. The police, the police know who the chief Mark Saunders said. I asked him one time of a bunch of the the homicides that they don't have cleared yet. They know who did ninety percent of them. They know who the they know who the killers are that are out walking around, and they can go after and they can deal with these people. But they can't really because of the way things are going on. So, I think some of the answer, at least Libby, some of the answer I think is fairly obvious. Not all of it, some of it. Okay, uh, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back, and before we turn to another fascinating 
terrorism-related thing. Uh, Ross McLean, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, you know what? Talk about a, an excellent opportunity for a segue here. We're about to talk about how there's the potential of all the problems from around the world coming here, and your next guest is going to talk about how he's dealing with and covered the issues about how what's gone on in Syria and the rescuing of these white helmets, and we're going to bring them all back to Canada. Do we really know who all these people are? I mean, that's some of the questions, because travel to the Middle East is something that's always there with terrorism. So Toronto very much is a city of the world, Libby. And that's why I think we're finding out more and more that the world's problems are coming here and we have to deal with them. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And uh, what are your sources saying in terms of uh, this? Uh, do they believe that he is somebody who was born and brought up here? Well, we're, we're going to find out. There's a, there's a lot of inf- there's a, I'm hearing a lot of things. You know, we'll get some confirmations. My understanding, I will leave you with this. My understanding is Justin Trudeau is getting a special briefing from CSIS on this. So hopefully we'll get some more information will come out. Hopefully the police right now are raiding some places and getting some information and they can tell us so we can figure out how to solve this problem. Okay, Ross McLean, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, unfortunately, I think we are going to be talking about this again in the not-too-distant future. As I said, I hope not. Hopefully we'll get to some solutions, Libby, but I'm with you. Okay, thanks a lot. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.